let's get the volume up all right okay it's late it's 1 30 in the morning but i must must get this up and keep my schedule i think on tuesday thursday and saturday what i'm going to do now is i'm going to do a writing course writing class or give writing tips however you want to call it um on how to write and do content and i'll do it the same way one will be i'll alternate them put one behind the wall one free usually two a week is free and one behind the wall however i do it um because there's a lot of things a lot of journalism that's that people are trying to get into and my journalism course on Udemy is really popular. So I'll do that. And, um, and it won't just be journalism. It'll be journalism and it'll be, I'll do nonfiction and then I'll do fiction. So, but today I'm reading from beside, beds, besides, bedside of psychology. Dealing with different things. Uh, we're in 1953 now. <clears throat> Brenda, Brenda Milner, born 1918. <clears throat> Henry Gustav Malaisen was walking to school one day in 1935 when he was hit by a bicycle. He struck his head hard against the ground and was briefly knocked unconscious. However, when he came to, he seemed to be okay. <clears throat> Some years later, Henry began having seizures perhaps caused by the accident. The seizures grew so severe that in 1953, he underwent an experimental surgery in the hopes of reducing that severity. Parts of his hippocampus, which merges short and long-term memory, and amygdala, <clears throat> which processes memory, were removed. After a period of recovery, he was able to get a job doing fairly simple tasks. It was at this point that his career as HM began. As H.M., Henry became perhaps the most famous neurological patient of all time. Psychologist Brenda Milner led a research team that frequently assessed H.M.'s memory and other cognitive abilities. From her work, we, knew, we now know a great deal about the neurological underpinnings of the fundamental abilities of humans, especially learning and memory. Here's me. Milner's work with H.M. not only described his peculiar memory def deficits, but their collaboration also helped us understand the different types of roles of memory. Types and roles of memory. H.M. Um, could not remember conversation once it ended or was interrupted. This reflected his lack of ability to form semantic memories memories of everyday knowledge or of gaining new knowledge. He could remember many events from the time before his surgery, but not afterward. Well, that's interesting. His short-term memory worked fine as well. Henry was able to form new procedural memories, that is, memories of how to do things. The amazing story of H.M. has taught us that different types of memory may be processed in different parts of the brain. But his story also tells us 
how important memory is <clears throat> for our everyday lives. They do some, they used to do some crazy experiments back in the day. It makes you wonder what kind of experiments they do now. Because they're still experimenting on people. Make no mistake about it. REM and the Cycles of Sleep. Eugene Asarinsky, 1921 to 1998. William C. DeMint, 1928 to 2020. And he lived a long time, almost 100 years. Although all <clears throat> warm-blooded mammals <clears throat> dream every night, the laboratory-based study of sleep and dreams dates only from the 20th century. By the late, late by the 1930s, brain activity during sleep was measured by the new electrocephalogram (EEG) method, and rhythmic patterns were reported. However, it was not until 1953 that University of Chicago physiology graduate student Eugene Arinsky identified the brain wave pattern characterized by rapid movements of the eyes during sleep and correlated it with the state of dreaming. It was another graduate student, Arinsky's colleague, William C. DeMint, who then developed the study of rapid eye movement, REM sleep. We all know what that is. <clears throat> what scientists now know is that during a normal night's sleep, humans cycle through stages, each with its own characteristic brain activity. In stage one, our brains show an alpha rhythm. We can easily awaken the stage, and we often experience vivid images that are not dreams. Our sleep depends in stage two, indicated by a small burst of brain activity. During stage three, the delta rhythm of slow, large brain waves emerges. When the brain wave pattern is only delta waves, then we are in the deepest sleep, stage four, which about 20 to 30 minutes, which lasts about 20 to 30 minutes. Then lights, camera, action. We move into REM sleep. Our heart rate and breathing quickens. And our brain wave pattern look like they do when we are awake. Our eyes move rapidly back and forth behind our eyelids, hence the name REM. Even though all this activity is going on, it is impossible to move as our skeletal muscles are paralyzed. The first period of REM is the shortest with, with each cycle, and depending on how long one sleeps, there can be as many as four cycles per night. It lengthens. While we need each stage of sleep, research shows that REM is the most important. It is not clear why this is the case. But it is known that loss of REM sleep leads to compromised immune function. On the positive side, there is evidence that our memories are consolidated during REM. In REM sleep, man, it's so it's like you're alive. I mean, it's like you're awake, like you're living, like you're going through it. That's why dreams seem so real. And, um, some people think that, yeah, that you are... There was a show where a guy would be have one life and then go to sleep 
as soon as he would go to sleep, he would wake up in another life. And he would go back and forth and back and forth. I remember the show came to a crazy end, but and it was a, it was a situation where he had a car accident, and in one life his wife survived, and in the other life his son survived. So that's what it was. I remember I can't remember the name of the show, but it it just makes you wonder. Nineteen fifty four, Pleasure and Pain, Jose Manuel Rodriguez Delgado, nineteen fifteen to two thousand eleven. James Olds, 1922-1976. The discovery of specific brain locations for pain, rage, and pleasure astonished both scientists and the public in the 1950s. In 1954, the psychologist James Olds reported this, the sensation, sensational results of his research on pleasure. In the same year, physiologist Jose Delgado reported the location of brain centers that could be stimulated to produce pain and rage. These developments indicated the possibility of a brave new world of mind and behavior control through brain control. So we see here it comes. Um, Delgado eventually proclaimed the possibility of a psycho-civilized society through these and other direct brain control methods. Prior to their work, it was generally thought that pleasure and pain were not localized in the brain, but diffused throughout. Olds inserted very fine electrodes into the brain of a rat, and as he later reported, missed the area of the, brain, the midbrain he intended to stimulate. Instead, he hit the hypothalamus. He noticed that the rat soon learned to prefer learned to prefer the place in the experimental chamber where the stimulation was received. Olds extended the research as he discovered that rats preferred the electrical shock more than they desired a food reward. Huh. Some rats would press a lever 5,000 times an hour if they received a shock for each lever pressed. Delgado, on the other hand, discovered pain centers that could stop behavior or evoke rage reaction. Whereas Olds electrodes were connected by wires to the control, Delgado developed a remote control stimulus receiver that enabled control of behavior from a distance. Rats, monkeys, cats, humans, and other animals were Delgado's subjects. In a famous demonstration in 1963, in his native Spain, Delgado implemented a stimulus receiver in the brain of a bull and using the controller stopped the bull's charge toward him. These discoveries frightened many people who saw, it, who saw in them the potential for mass control. Yet, they have also taught us about the richness and complexity of emotional reactions. I'm pretty sure they're using something like that today because I see people... And they just don't have any desire to do anything human. They're not quite zombies, but they're in a zombie-like state. And um, it's crazy. And you see people fly off the handle really, really quickly for minor stuff. Bedside Book of Psychology. I like this little book. Like I said, this book 
helps keep me focused when I can't focus. Give me nice little short sections. Interesting things about psychology experiments that they do. And um, we love it. Everything comes through the mind and the brain. That's it. So transformation of humanity humanity is going to happen through the brain and the mind. So we um, want to say before I sign off, sorry it's so late. If you want to support me, give directly, become a sponsor, or hit the links. Um, Until next time, take care of yourselves and be safe.